Today on Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we finally close out our 1984 Academy Awards-nominated Best Songs. We talk about dancing in a small town. And we finally answer the question, why Milo? You listen to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures take on Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Today marks the end of a year-long journey almost through the songs nominated for Best Original Song for a Motion Picture from the 1984 Academy Awards. So we started with Stevie Wonder's I Just Called to Say I Love You. You're welcome to go back and listen to that. Denise Williams, Let's Hear It for the Boy. You're also welcome to go back and listen to that episode. Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. And of course, you're going to want to go back to listen to that. And Phil Collins, Against All Odds. You probably don't want to listen to that one. Not funny. That was a very good episode. It was a pretty good episode. Yeah, go back and listen to that one. But today, Footloose, Kenny Loggins. And this is one of those songs where the title of the song describes perfectly what the song does to you when you hear it. It makes you lose your feet. That's right. And stamp your toes. Oh, I thought like, you know, you just completely lose your feet. And they're just like foot loose. Like they come off. Am I wrong? Yeah, that's wrong. But okay. I guess that does segue really nicely into how the song was written. Yeah. So Dean Pitchford, who also wrote the movie uh, Footloose, and we'll we'll talk about that later, and he wrote all the songs on the soundtrack for the movie. You know what? You, you can't really talk about the writing of the song unless you're, you are talking about the movie, because he had the screenplay, he had the idea for the movie. And basically, he's with the, with the execs, like saying, yeah, yeah, this is great. And you got Kenny Loggins to to sing on the soundtrack, right? And he's just like, yeah, 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 of course I do. And he hadn't really locked down the song with Kenny Loggins. So he went to Denver where Kenny Loggins was doing a residency. And Dean Pitchford is super sick. And we, we spoke about him previously on Let's Hear It for the Boy because he wrote that song, which was also on, on the soundtrack as well. So he goes to Denver where Kenny Loggins is doing a residency, but Dean Pitchford is like super sick, like strep throat, fever of like 103, just like a foreigner said. But he's like, okay, I can't miss this chance to write this song with him because if I don't get Kenny Loggins for the soundtrack, I don't get the movie. And Kenny Loggins is there and he has broken ribs from a fall from a concert. So, so they're sitting in these chairs and he's not, uh, Dean Pitchford's not letting on that he's sick or anything like that. 
And Kenny Loggins is like sitting is agony for him. And they're trying to write a song about dancing, which is the one move that both of them can't do at that time. And I think they write it in about two days or something like that. Yeah. Really quick. It, it's, it's a couple of trips into the into the hotel and, you know, Kenny Logg is with the guitar and, and Dean Pitchford is like, you know, throwing out ideas and everything. And the song comes together and ultimately the movie ends up coming together. And this is a kind of a rare moment for soundtracks where they had the music before the movie was filmed. So in the scenes where they're dancing... To Footloose, they're actually dancing to Footloose. This is yeah. odd to say because in other movies, like in Ghostbusters, they were playing Huey Lewis. Yeah, that's in right. In the background. And then like Caddyshack, they were playing Bob Dylan music. And then Kenny Loggins wrote, I'm all right. Yeah. Thinking about the Bob Dylan thing. But in this one, they're actually dancing to Footloose. To so Footloose, They yeah. know the music. So it works well in all those dance sequences. Yeah, exactly. And Kenny Loggins, bit of a bit of a soundtrack guy. I'm all right for Caddyshack. He does Footloose and then obviously Danger Zone for uh, Top Gun. And then not to be missed, Over the Top, Meet Me Halfway. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is an incredible song, but I digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great movie, too. It's great in the same way The Highlander's great. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that's a fair statement. Yes. Okay, so there's the song. Kenny Loggins has a very rich history, which I believe we will get into when we dive more into maybe the yachty Kenny Loggins. Yeah. So right now, I think we're just going to go footloose. So let's work our way through the song. Yeah. There's two versions of the opening to this. There's the single version and the album version. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first one I downloaded was the single version. I was disappointed. Like, I don't remember this sounding this way. It begins with a guitar opening. Yeah. And there's something wrong in the mix. I just didn't like it. And then I listened to the album version from the Footloose soundtrack. Yeah, the one that we're probably all familiar with. Yeah, which is the one we're doing today. And it begins with those drums. Yeah. And then you also have the guitar coming in and those synths. The synth, yeah. Yeah. That very synthy sound. Yeah, I was just going to say synthy. I'm like, well, I just say what they are. Yeah. It just brings back 1984. Yeah. So I'm thinking Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA, uh, keys, if we want to call them keys. Keys or synths or whatever yeah. they are. And there's there's all of that. But for me, when I'm listening to it, that's all that's all there and everything. But it's the bass that is completely controlling this song. Yeah. Start to finish. Yeah, that's a good point. These are all like nice little shiny bells and whistles. But the bass, that's the backbone of this song. And that is what gets you dancing. Yes. Yeah. Because if you're going to be tapping to this, you're going to be finding that bass line. Yeah. Kenny Loggins is also co-producer of this song with Lee DiCarlo. And that makes so much of the difference in this song. I mean, we'll get to them later. There isn't a ton of covers of this out there. Mm -hmm. And it really is the sound that they create there that makes the song what it is. Yeah. Which I guess is what makes a song what it is. (laughs) Well, lyrics plus music equals song, right? And then I guess some production in there. Do we want to add that? 
No. Okay. You don't need fancy producers to make a song. Of course not. Like this podcast. No, exactly. We're not fancy producers. Side note, there's been a lot of layoffs in the podcast industry. I just want you to know, Frank, and our listeners, that there will be no layoffs here. We are solvent. Fantastic. By solvent, I believe means you make no money that just disappears in water. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's head up verse one. Now, this is very much a rock and roll song, which means until you actually have the lyrics in front of you, you really don't know exactly what he's saying. They had to get Kenny Loggins to re-record a bunch of it because they didn't understand exactly how he was pronouncing some of the words. I still don't know. (laughs) There's no way those words fit. I think it's a thing in rock music where you have to pronounce words in such a way that people have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what they're saying in Smells Like Teen Spirit or the Weird Al Yankovic version, I think, either. It smells Like Nirvana. Right. Yeah. Good version. That's why we're not rock and roll stars. That's why we're podcasters. And now we have in front of us these lyrics. Yeah. So, now we understand what he's actually saying. So, here we go. Been working so hard. I'm punching my card. Eight hours for what? Oh, tell me what I got. I've got this feeling that time's just holding me down. I'll hit the ceiling, or else I'll tear up this town. So it starts off like, it's very blue collar. It's 80s rock music. Well, like Springsteen-esque, right? So very blue collar. Like it's a man coming home. You know, he punched out after eight hours of work and everything. And now he just wants to cut loose. The burdens of capitalism are weighing him down and he needs to break free and dance. Maybe he should, uh, you know, join one of those like hippie communes. Yeah, they don't cut foot loose no 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 no. it's more feeling the music yeah. this is just like dancing yeah this isn't a fish concert for no <laughs> okay and now we hit as my lyrics say the refrain i think we call this a chorus but uh, i would call it a chorus i do like the idea of it being a, a refrain what's it refraining from well that's the thing it's foot loose why would you call this a refrain no you wouldn't okay it's a chorus you're not refraining from foot loosing okay so now i gotta cut loose Foot loose, kick off the Sunday shoes, please, Louise, pull me off my knees. Jack, get back, come on before we crack. Lose your blues, everybody cut foot loose. All right, any lyrics in there that you did not know until you got the sheet in front of you? Um, Truthfully, honestly, I don't think I ever really paid attention to the lyrics. Okay. I was too busy dancing to this song. Okay. I caught 
everything except for come on before we crack. I okay. thought it was get on the whole wheat track. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's so positive because you got to eat well. Well, yeah. Well, remember, when we were listening to this at seven, it made total sense it'd be whole wheat. Well, it came from middle America too. So you're thinking like farmers and, you know, grains and whatnot, right? Yeah. And I thought it was loose your shoes. Okay. But loose because they take their shoes off, but it was the blues that they're losing. Yes. Which makes sense for a guy working hard eight hours all day. Yeah. He wants to lose his shoes. And what's the point of working? For what? If you can't lose dance. His, sorry. Lose, he wants to lose his blues, not his shoes. That's right. Because he needs those for dancing. And he needs those for working. And Kevin Bacon needs them for kicking people in the face. We're going to talk about that later. I got some issues to talk about. Okay. Okay. On we go. Verse two, you're playing so cool, obeying every rule. Deep way down in your heart, you're burning, yearning for some, somebody to tell you that life ain't passing you by. I'm trying to tell you, it will if you don't even try. You'll get by if you'd only. Now, I slowed myself down there. Yeah. Because I didn't hear that at the end. I heard mumble, mumble. Find you'd only. Just mumble, mumble. Deep way down in your heart. I don't think I heard that. I just heard mumble, mumble down in your heart. That's what I have written down on my page. You you wrote the mumbles in? Yep. Okay. That's what unclear mumble, unclear mumble, <laughs> which is rocks, rock talk. It's rock talk. Yeah. What do you think of that verse? Well, I mean, it's kind of like the first one. He's talking about, you know, he's playing it cool. He's playing it like he's an everyday man or he's, you know, doing what he's supposed to do, playing by the rules. But now I'm I'm guessing this this all takes place on a Friday afternoon. You know, work's done. And now all the responsibilities of the week are over. You're heading into the weekend. And that's when you cut foot loose. I'm also wondering, because the first verse, he says, I'm. Second verse, it's your. Is he just talking generally to you, or is he talking to an amour? Someone he's trying to oh, maybe. get to come out with him. Because it fits a bit with the movie, even yeah. though it's not a direct correlation. Mm-hmm. But you have the kick off the Sunday shoes. We know in the movie, of course, there's a, the Sunday Whole well, issue. There's a religious aspect of it. Yeah. And now this one, for the religious aspect, you have you're obeying every rule, but deep down in your heart, you're burning, yearning for somebody to tell you life's not passing you by. Yeah. And so somebody to tell that person that means life's not passing you by, as in obeying every rule is not a waste of time. But he's saying it will pass you by if you don't even try. To cut foot loose. That's right. You got to dance. Do you think dance could solve the world's problems? There are a number of movies, I think, that try to claim <laughs> that and songs that say, well, as Lady Gaga, just dance, it'll be okay. Man Without Hat said, we can dance if we want to. You can leave your friends behind. I think Beach Boys sing about dancing a lot. Yeah. David Bowie, 
I don't know. Yeah. He sounds more like he's bringing the end of the world to me, even though it's really good. Yeah. But I mean, in, in this sort of micro environment where this song exists in the context of the movie. So in that small town America, dancing was all they needed to like, you know, full disclosure, I've never actually seen the movie. Really? I, I, I know. I, I can hear the disappointment in your voice. All right. Well, I can't wait to tell you the entire plot. But but I, I think, you know, everything's better because they can dance by the end of the movie, right? Oh, yeah. No, okay. no, no, definitely. By the end, they're dancing. They've been able to set themselves free. Basically, dance is the ultimate release. So if you can dance, all those pent-up frustrations and problems just get set free. Forget therapy, just dance. Next chorus, we have them not refraining. Cut loose, foot loose, kick out the Sunday shoes. But instead of Louise, we have Wee Marie. Shake it, shake it for me. I think it was in, in the uh, Stereo Gum article that uh, Marie is the name of Dean Pitchford's mother. So Kenny Loggins liked the way it's like, ooh, Marie, shake it, shake it for me. So he puts that in. And then he's just like, the next one is like, Milo. I like the way Milo sounds. Like, I don't know anyone named Milo. But he's like, whoa, Milo, come on, come on, let's go. Because he liked the way the O's all sounded together. And I think this course was written before the other one, but it was at this point where they kind of came up with that idea. It's like, okay, there's going to be names in this, and this is how this song is going. It works really well. Oh, absolutely. And they choose names. They don't take names for the movie. No, yeah, yeah. They just use names that work well. And they use lyrics that work really well for the sound of the song. It Mm -hmm. is a song that fits perfectly what it's saying. Yes. From that chorus, I mean, we just love this as kids. This is the greatest. But then we get to the bridge, and both you and I thought the bridge echoed another song. Yeah. Oh, um, Twist and Shout by the Beatles. Yeah, which is a cover of an earlier song called Twist and Shout. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right? But it definitely has this sort of 50s vibe it wants to go for. Yeah. And the 80s had a lot of throwback 50s stuff. Mm-hmm. So Back to the Future definitely is like an apex moment there. Yeah, the, the 50s and, and 80s sort of combine. Yeah. I guess like you look back 30 years, and that's sort of the era you wistfully look at. So when we were in high school in the 90s, the 60s was, was really well considered. Yeah. And now in this era here, Mike, Classes talk a lot about the early 90s yeah. as a high point of music. So it's funny how it just works that way. So even the songs coming out today have a sort of 90s vibe. Yeah. And the songs in the 80s were trying to do something with 50s music. Like Billy Joel had that doo-wop album, yeah. basically. In Around the, the same time. Yeah. So like, there, yeah, there was a lot of throwback to 50s. Well, Grease came out. Well, that was in 78, but still, you know, close enough to the 50s. So, yeah. like, a lot of that, uh, that sort of uh, 50s revival was going on. So, this bridge has, well, I don't even know how to read this, but yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, that's basically it, right? Yeah. But then they say, cut foot loose to here. 
They keep saying things, and underneath it is cut foot loose, and you can barely hear some of these words. Yeah. So as it hits the O's all the way up to crescendo point, Mm -hmm. which I believe is both our favorite parts of the song. Yes. Okay. Just to spoil that for everybody. Well, I'm I'm still considering what my favorite part is. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. There is the line, you've got to turn me around. But before that, they imperceptibly... You hear the word first. Yes. And I'm reading the lyrics and when we we listen to the song beforehand, it's just like, like first, like what's it, like why are they giving me which line it is, like first, second, third. But then you can hear it's like first, like you got to turn me around. Second, put your feet on the ground. Third. Got to take the hold of all. And then it's the, uh, and I think it's four is what they're sort of saying but it's a group of voices saying it and it's really tough to hear unless you have headphones on you can kind of catch it and then he says i'm turning it loose and you got that just a moment of a pause like yet you're at the top oh yeah and it's a roller coaster yeah exactly right at that max point and now you're going down into you know joy yeah and we we'd mentioned this before too that because of the way that this song so closely resembles um, Twisted Shout, <laughs> that you could you could lift this song and put it in Ferris Bueller's Day Off for that scene in the parade, and it, it would it would fit perfectly. Yes, it represents that, Frank. It represents. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite part of this song you know what honestly i think it's got to be very very close in that bridge but i really do like those two lines like ooey marie shake it shake it like it just it just seems so fun yeah and when you were a kid you knew these lyrics yeah even though you didn't know a lot of them I didn't, these yeah. were the ones you knew you knew yeah. the names yeah and you knew how to say jack get back that was yeah. a big one yeah and and all those things i actually i heard milo but i thought it was like M-Y-L-O-W, Milo. I had no idea what he said. Yeah. No one cared what anyone yeah. was saying. Again, I don't know any kid na- anyone named Milo. Do you? No. Uh, wait a second. I might. Okay. <laughs> I better go through Rolodex of my friend's kids. Yeah. <laughs> I know a Miles. Yeah, I know some Mileses. Is that short for Milo? Or is that long for Milo? I don't know. I don't name kids, so I have no idea what they mean. What was Richard Nixon's middle name? Millhouse. Okay. Whoa, Millhouse. Yeah, work. no. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, my favorite part, I that bridge, but it might not be after the O to the first part. It might be after I'm turning it loose in that moment of pause. Yeah. Because when you're on the dance floor, everyone kind of pauses and then goes. Oh, yeah. It's like waiting for the bass to drop. And then you'd like double up your dancing. Yep. So uh, this naturally, I mean, we're going to talk about the movie, but this naturally- Well, you're going to talk about the movie. Yeah, we, that's right. I understand certain parts of the movie. Yeah. I know it's a town that they can't dance in. I know that Kevin Bacon angrily dance punches his way through a factory of sorts or a warehouse. 
after he drives in drinking. Yes. According to the, the yeah. this is this is what I'm getting through yeah. from from the video for this yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I know that John Lithgow's a villain of sorts. Or he's the heavy. He's the heavy. Yes. And I know that Chris Penn can't dance at the beginning but then is amazing dancing at the end. Okay. Well, gee, I think you covered the movie. Oh, okay. I mean, the movie got middling reviews. Yeah. However, it's very watchable. And and it has this huge cult following. Too. Yeah, it's a very watchable movie. It's kind of fun. And Kevin Bacon and his mom are coming from Chicago. Mm-hmm. His name's Ren, which is kind of like a a name I wasn't familiar with at all back then too. So he's kind of had a cool name, and he's kind of out of place because he's a city guy in a country town. But isn't he kind of almost a? Uh... Like he listens to the Smiths and and stuff yeah. like that. So like, there's no way he would listen to Kenny Loggins. No, he's and he's a badass, and people don't totally trust him. Yeah, like the pastor kind of figures this out pretty early. Yeah. That's John Lithgow. That's right? John Lithgow, who is playing the John Lithgow character still. Yeah, until Cliffhanger, where he starts killing people. Yeah, he was always like your, he's like a dad. Yeah, and he meant well. He lost his kid in a drunk driving accident. Oh, I thought like to a dance competition. Well, because he danced and drank. And so he blamed it on alcohol and And dancing. dancing. So you have like reason for the way he is. And he means really well. He loves his daughter, but his daughter's a huge rebel. His daughter's kind of in love with Kevin Bacon, but she's got this like boyfriend or ex-boyfriend who's a bad dude. Mm -hmm. And so there's like some like assaults. He like punches her and stuff. Oh, geez. Yeah. It happens. I know. It happens in the movie. I'm not watching this movie. Well, it was one of those things where it's like, why don't you call the police? Like, that's a assault. Like, you should call yeah. the police. This is really bad. So, that happens later. I don't want to spoil things. Well, we are spoiling this whole movie. Are we? Well, yeah. anyways, a dance sequence where Chris Penn learns to dance is till it's here for the boy. Yes. And it's really good. Yeah. And then you have the Footloose is on at the beginning of the movie. It's on the middle when they go to the bar mm-hmm. to dance, and Chris Penn can't dance, so he gets into a fight. Yeah, because he's angry that he can't he's dance. he's angry. Yeah, that's right. And then he, of course, then he learns to dance, so yeah. let's hear it for the boy. And you have Kevin Bacon trying to get town council to agree to have a dance. They won't. He gets angry and dances in a barn yeah. to moving pictures, not to uh, yeah. put loose. And the dance is so bizarre to me. Oh, it's all gymnastics and it stuff. It is. And so it reminds me a lot of the dance sequence at the end of Staying Alive. Okay. I might be the only person who knows this. <laughs> so, which looks more like a fight scene than it does like dancing. It's like, is this like aerobics? What do you do? Who dances like this? There, there's a great, uh, great scene in completely underrated movie, Hot Rod with Andy Samberg, where he punch dances out his rage in a wooded glen and it leads to this amazing fall scene down a mountain yeah. but it's a it's it's so 80s like it makes so much sense that it's that it's in the 80s yeah it's such a clear reference to footloose it yeah. was that was really oh, yeah, a yeah. great scene but but like even the whole dance rage scene in in footloose and again i've yeah. only seen from the from the video for the song but it just like yeah okay this is an 80s movie so there has to be a dance montage where He's doing mostly gymnastics. Exactly. It's 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 just bizarre. And he was drinking on his way there. It's like yeah. he got like you know we is this we get a from Chicago, but not everyone from Chicago needs to drink and drive. So did you know that the movie was quasi autobiographical? No. So Dean Pitchford read an article about a group of kids in Elmore City. 
Oklahoma, and, and this is in 1979, and they went to town council to repeal a law that's been on the books since the 1800s that said there was no dancing allowed in the town. So they had to go to city council to get this law repealed so that they could have a prom because they wanted to have a, a prom. Did it get repealed? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, in this one, at the dance scene, not going to give too much away because I don't know, like, I guess it gives it away that they do dance at the end. Yeah. But you had to kind of know going into well, yeah. this. There's this fight scene with the guy who had assaulted his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, okay. Well, they're beating up Chris Penn, a bunch of guys coming in there. And just before he's being totally beaten to a pulp, Kevin Bacon comes out and he jump kicks the one guy in the face. Oh, serious? Yeah. I'm, then, I'm, in my mind, it's like the crane kick in, uh, in Karate Kid. Well, it's kind of like Street Fighter or something. Okay. Like, it's just like, <laughs> who, who kicks someone in the face? I'm like, he's wearing like um, dress shoes. Yeah. You get kicked in the face with wingtips. Okay. You could kill a person. Those are, and those are like hard souls. And most of his fighting is kicking. Yeah. Like, he punches and does things, but he kicks the guy in the face a couple times. Like, I think he could have killed the guy. Yeah. And then it had me thinking about 80s movies. They punched each other all the time have you seen a movie where someone didn't get punched out as a means of kind of making peace in the town like there's a bad guy and just needs to be punched in the face yeah that was a conflict resolution in the 80s at least in karate kid the kick looked like it wouldn't kill a person yeah you kick someone in the face you're gonna kill him like kevin bacon could be going to prison yeah see how much dancing he does there jailhouse rock i guess well yeah (laughs) So then they have their big dance scene, yeah. Footloose, and they all have learned to dance. Despite yeah. being a town of people who've never danced before, they've yeah. clearly been dancing in their rooms their entire lives for this moment. Yeah. Excellent choreography. It looks great. It looks like sparkles are coming down too. The yeah. dance scene is great. So I will post both the fight scene and the dance scene oh, as one thing on uh, our show notes. Yeah. Now, I did want to get to uh, before talking about that movie, but I couldn't help myself. I want to talk about weddings. Okay. Have you been to a wedding where they didn't play Footloose? And was the wedding any good? No, most of the weddings that I can recall, there's usually usually Footloose comes out at some point. When should Footloose come out at a wedding? Oh, that's in the second half. Okay. It's like after that sort of midsection where like you slow it down a little bit and you just it's a it's a dance floor banger that you need to uh you need to like to get guy people back onto the dance floor. Yeah. I think you start with your like wedding dance, dance with parents, dance with the bridegroom, whatever. And then you have another, the dance that brings people out would be slow dance again to bring people out. Cause you got to get all the grandparents out on the dance yeah. floor and, and uh, friends of the parents <laughs> dancing. Yeah. And then you're going to bring it up a little bit. You're going to bring it up another slow song. And then would you go Footloose by then? Or I you, think so. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. And then that brings everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. out. Yep. Every little kid's going to dance to this. And old people are going to dance because it has a 50s feel to it. Yeah. Young people are going to dance because they got to dance. Well, yeah. And it's an amazing song. Yeah. So did you know that when Kevin Bacon's at a wedding, he goes up to the DJ, slips him a 50 and says, do not play this song. It's not about me. Like, it's about the bride. Don't play Footloose. Listen, Kevin, if they invite you to the wedding, it's to dance to Footloose. Yeah, basically. If I ever get married, I'm going to invite Kevin Bacon just so he can dance to Footloose. And when he gives the 50 bucks, I'm going to say, Frank Pearson already gave me 100. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
Hey, Kevin, here's one for you. When Kenny Loggins goes to a wedding, you know what he does? He sings Footloose. So he was at a wedding a few years ago at a friend's wedding and then got up to the mic and then sang Footloose. Really? And said everybody danced. That's awesome. If Kenny Loggins was at your wedding, what song would you have him play? Footloose. Okay. Now return to Pooh Corner. <laughs> he, could, he could play that for every day with Elijah, I guess. I like that song a lot. No, but I mean, he always poos in the corner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I meant like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I love it. I mean... The the version in, from 94 that he re-recorded with Amy Grant, that was the version I was introduced to. Now, when you go out on dates, do you have Kenny Loggins waiting in the living room in the dark playing Highway to the Danger Zone when you bring in your best girl? <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about my best girl. <laughs> yeah. If he was playing Meet Me Halfway at the wedding, I don't think that'd be any good either. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess she settled, huh? So, you'd have him sing Return to Pooh Corner at no, your wedding. No, I just really like that song. Well, I'm sure we could cover it in one of our future episodes, especially when we're super old. Yeah. I love that song, too, by the way. What's the other one? Um, it's not Brian's song. Danny's song. Danny's song. Oh, my goodness. Oh, such a good song. Beautiful. And Murray does a killer cover of yeah? it. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm I'm, I'm open to that as yeah. a as a possibility. Okay, that was my wedding category. When Michael Bolton sings this song, are we into categories already? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about the movie you didn't see? Well, no. Okay. Because <laughs> I haven't seen it. We kind of talked about the video for this song because well, it's just the, the dance. The video the... is just a dance montage yeah. from like yeah. different scenes that have nothing to do with this song specifically. Well, yeah. some scenes that Footloose is playing in, but it's basically anytime anyone's dancing in the movie is uh, cut into this, into the video. Strangely not as powerful as the movie itself does for its dance sequences yeah. and montages, just not even close. No. Yeah. So I would give it to Let's Hear It For The Boy for the much better music video. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That tap dancing kid in the classroom. So we've talked about this for the other four songs as well, but for the 1984 Academy Awards, which song do you think should have gotten the award? Do you agree with Stevie Wonder with I Just Called to Say I Love You, or would it have been one of the other four songs? I struggled all weekend on this. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure you're a Footloose guy. Yeah. Well... I really think that politics came into play and Footloose and Let's Hear It For The Boy split the vote. I um, went through all the songs and the one that I like the least is the winner. Yeah. And at the same time, I recognize, I just called to say I love you, has been covered so many times and done so well that there must be something to that song that I was missing. Yeah. Let's Fear It For The Boy is super fun. Yeah. But I wouldn't have chosen that. These last three are tricky. Against All Odds is so, so good. Yeah. It's so good. Ghostbusters is incredible. And then Footloose is the song you're always going to dance to. Mm -hmm. So Footloose fits the movie really, really well. Yeah. So you have that going. Like It is a perfect song for that movie. So if I was going to rate it, I think I would choose Footloose because it is that movie. 
Yeah. Against All Odds is so bad. It's such a bad movie. It just doesn't work. I just called to say I love you is in a mo- another movie that just is dated upon arrival. Yeah. But Ghostbusters is so good and it's tough because it fits that movie. Yeah. And it has some great things to it. So I can't decide between Ghostbusters and Footloose. I know that I listen to Footloose more within a year. Yeah. But I'm struggling with what to vote for. So if I was an Academy Award member, I'd wait to see what gifts I was given by each of them to really decide. So you'd take a bribe. Oh, that's such a loaded term. I just believe I am open to being influenced. (laughs) Aren't we all open to influence? Good and bad. Yeah, sure. I have, uh, you know, I have scruples and and, and morals, so I think I would just give it to Footloose. Okay. I'd still take everybody else's stuff, but I'd still give it to Footloose. Okay. Well, you know, you could have convinced me. You could have given me some of that stuff. Well, who knows? I'm thinking it's Footloose. Yeah. But boy, it's a tough decision. Mm -hmm. I would hate to have been there to decide. And I also would hate to have been there to see some of the awful performances that were on there. wasn't this one, but some of the other covers. Yeah. Not well, the good. Phil Collins cover, right? Like that yeah. was uh, just not good. Yeah, I would actually change my vote if I had put his name down and say, okay, maybe the song isn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, another classic category. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of streamline it to at what point when Michael Bolton's covering the song, would Michael Bolton just be destroyed or destroy the world? There, It's one and the same, I guess. But what part would you pick where Michael Bolton just... Uh, Flies too close to the sun and just well, expires. I, I think by the time you hit the chorus, like the ground's shaking pretty good. Yeah. But I don't think it's like there's some really irreparable damage done at that point. So he's already going down yeah. like Optimus Prime's been hit too many times in yeah. an awful movie. That's so too sad. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I would say when he hits the bridge, yeah, that's the yeah, end of everything. That's the he destroys that bridge. He destroys that world. And he knows already by the time he hits the bridge that it's already irreparable damage. Yeah. So he's going to go for it. When he says, I'm turning it loose, that is actually the oh, loosening yeah. of his soul. Yeah. And he moves up like Patrick Swayze does in, in Ghost. I was going to say more like a quickening, but... Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah. But instead, he's more like his head's being cut off like Sean Connery in Highlander. Well, I don't know. Like, I... I think I think he's destroying the world. Okay. He's not destroying himself. So he's gaining more power, not yeah. moving away. Okay, so he's not being destroyed. No, he's destroying the world. Was it worth it, Michael? Yeah, was it? Eh. He's got to cut loose. Yeah. Michael Bolton's got to have fun too. He's an actual pretty fun guy. I mean, we've you've seen his Valentine's Day oh, special, yeah. which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. He makes fun of himself pretty good, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, he's we're in good company here. Yeah, I think Michael would like us. Yeah. We like you, Michael. Yeah. We talk about you every single podcast. All right. uh, Cover versions. You have not heard. No, I haven't heard Blake Shelton's version. I'm going to play it for you right now. Then I'm going to get your hot take on it. I've been working so hard. I'm punching my car. Eight hours for what? Oh, tell me what I got. Yeah, I mean, he's not really doing anything new with the song. Nothing different, really. He's, he's just sing- updated. Yeah, he's just singing in his voice, and uh, 
But he also said, like, I did read that when he was, um, when they were doing this song, he was just like, well, what Kenny Loggins did in 86 is pretty much what country music is today. So, you know, it's pretty much a country song anyway, so I didn't do much to it. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's wrong. It's just like, uh, it, it seems like an unnecessary cover to me. There is a way he's singing that really punches up the country to it. I don't know if this is a thing in country, but it's more of a drawl in terms yeah. of slowing down the voice. Yeah. Whereas Kenny makes a song that definitely seems like a country pop song. A lot yeah. of this is owed to like country music. And when you think of I'm All Right and some of the other tunes, it's definitely yeah. country rock. Yeah. But this feels more country country. Yeah. And not like rock. Yeah. Rock. If that makes sense. I kind of like the Blake Shelton version in his way, but I would never listen to it. And it no, didn't do anything. No, I mean, it's a, it's a solid B. Yeah. We're all about the A-listers here. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to play for you the Broadway version. Oh, The geez. finale. So, Was there a Footloose Broadway? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so I guess the song came up a lot in it, and then, mm-hmm. then this is the finale. I guess I could have looked at the whole album. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> here it is. I rented my tux, bought flowers, 12 bucks, and on my 23rd try, I finally tied my tie. I got this feeling that time's no longer holding me down. I don't understand these lyrics. Definitely has a community theater vibe to yeah. me. <laughs> Maybe that's Broadway, but I'd expect to hear this more at Garden City Productions, but... yeah. I do love Garden City Productions. Little shout out to our local company. Theater company? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's the only two versions I know out there that I care to look too closely into. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any jazz versions like you'd find with, uh, I just called to say I love you. They leave this alone. Yeah. So like on the Stereo Gum article, they list a couple of different cover versions as well. One is done by Good Charlotte. I don't know if i call that good no no i wouldn't call that good either it's already like a a plus song why why would you even bother trying to improve on it because you can't well what would mc hammer say you can't touch this you got it yeah if you were to put this song on a mixtape what else is going to be on your mixtape oh okay well for me i would be looking at songs of that era Okay. That try to emulate in a way the 50s, oh, okay. but still sound like the 80s. Gotcha. So, my first song, Bob Seeger's Old Time Rock and Roll. Okay. And then my next one is Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Now, although he's calling about 69, I feel like there's a 50s thing. Yeah. Then I have Cherry Bomb by John Mellencamp. Okay. Because that definitely has that feel. And then I also put in Tell Her About It by Billy Joel. Oh, nice. Because it also has the most obvious doo-wop 50s vibe. Yeah. So though that's my choices for mixtape. Okay. I got mine are songs about dancing. Okay. So Party in the USA, Miley Cyrus. Great song. It is a great song. Uh, the Locomotion, the Kylie Minogue version. Okay. Although the original by Little Ava is also quite good. 
Uh, Can't Stop This Feeling, Justin Timberlake. Another good one. Um, Hips Don't Lie, Shakira. They don't. They do not. Bust a Move, Young MC. Oh, yeah. And we're closing this with Dancing on the Ceiling by Lionel Richie. You got the whole wedding DJ vibe yep. going. <laughs> Great mixtape. Lucky listeners can find it on Spotify by clicking it in our show notes. And to show us that you actually listen to it, why don't you hit that little heart on the playlist so I know somebody has listened yeah. to it. Yeah. And also, if you're getting married but don't have a DJ, you can just use this playlist for about 32 minutes of your wedding uh, reception. So, you know, there's that. So that was Footloose by Kenny Loggins. And thanks for listening to us. And we know that you can get stressed out, the weight of the world, the weight of responsibilities, the week, and all that other sort of stuff. But I got that feeling that time's just holding me down. And I'll hit the ceiling or I'll tear up this town. And dear listener, we appreciate the time you spend listening to us. Because I know when you've been working so hard, punching your card, wondering, Eight hours is for what? Well, we all have this feeling that time's holding us down. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to cut loose, foot loose, kick off your Sunday shoes, and enjoy Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures.